welcome to Book Chatter, the monthly book club podcast presented by the Longmont Public Library. I'm Barb, your host for this episode, and with me are Becca. Hello. And Z. Hello. To discuss our pick for this month, Out of Darkness by Ashley Hope Perez. And spoiler alert, as usual, today we'll be discussing this novel in its entirety. So if you haven't finished reading Out of Darkness yet, you might want to come back to this episode when you've done so. Now, before we dive into Out of Darkness, I think it'd be great to share what we're all reading at the moment or hoping to dig into soon. So I'll start us off. Uh, Big heavy read, almost a thousand pages. I don't know how I'll get through it, but Truman by David McCullough. And this is sort of the still uh, 30 some odd years later, the definitive biography of Harry S. Truman, the president. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to plowing my way through that. (laughs) And uh, something I'm hoping to read soon, it's actually in process at the library, so I can't quite get my hands on it yet, but my garden is exploding with zucchini. So (laughs) I have put a hold on a brand new cookbook called Zucchini Love by Cynthia Stevens Graubert. and can't wait to get some more ideas on how to use all all that zucchini. <laughs> how about you, Becca? What are you reading? Um, I just started The Midnight Library by oh. Matt Haig. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm a little late to that party, <laughs> but <laughs> so far I really love it. Great. Um, and I have another book. I'm on the same boat with you. It just, mm-hmm. it's getting published today is oh, when it comes out. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. called The Hawthorne Brothers by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. Mm-hmm. It's in um, the Inheritance Game series. Mm. A lighter read after this one. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That sounds good. And see, what are you reading? I'm currently reading Paranessi. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not read it before, but it was recommended to me by my partner, by Susan Clark, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite the fascinating read. Mm. It, it's very out there in terms of like books that I tend to read. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. A little, little bit of a stretch then. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, let's dive in with a little bit of author information and a bit about her work. Ashley Hope Perez is the author of three award-winning novels for young adults. Her most recent, Out of Darkness, received a 2016 Prince Honor for Excellence in Young Adult Literature and the 2016 Tomas Rivera Book Award. The New York Times called it a layered tale of color lines, love, and struggle, where a tragedy real and racial swallows us whole. Booklist named it among 50 best YA books of all time. And Out of Darkness is number nine on the list of the top 13 most challenged books for 2022, according to the American Library Association. And Ashley Hope Perez is an assistant professor of world literatures at The Ohio State University and lives in Columbus with her two sons. Now, before we actually dive into our discussion of Out of Darkness, we want listeners to know that this novel for young adults takes up several sensitive issues. Domestic violence, racism, sexual assault involving a minor, and so some of our discussion may be inappropriate for young children. Now, some discussion questions, and I want to give a shout out to the publisher, Carol Rhoda Labs, for this wonderful uh, selection of questions. The book progresses chronologically, with the exception of a section at the beginning. This section, called The Explosion, is from Wash's perspective in the brief interval before and immediately after the gas explosion. Why do you think the author begins this way? 
and doesn't include this section later. How does this introduction set the tone for the rest of the novel? And I'll, I'll throw out my ideas here at the get-go. Um, I think that uh, the author was perhaps setting up uh, a tragedy here. I mean, it, the, the book centers around a tragedy. And the tragedy is, uh, for those who haven't read the book yet, if you're listening anyway, the explosion has to do with uh, the, uh, in terms of loss of life, the worst incident in a school in the United States in terms of loss of life. There was an explosion due to a gas line that leaked in this uh, school building and uh, hundreds of children and uh, teachers were killed or injured in the explosion. Why does she begin there? I think it's to throw us into the deep end. Uh, and I think that uh, Perez is w wasting no time. <laughs> yeah, she really gets in there. <laughs> Telling us that this is a tragedy and what uh, unfolds from there just seems to build on this incident, uh, which took place back in the 1930s in Texas. How about you all? What do you think? Why did she begin there? Why do we get that explosion from Wash's perspective? He's one of the characters, by the way. I think that she starts with that because, like you said, to throw you right in, um, mm -hmm. I know after reading the summary of the book, I was interested in it. People mm -hmm. love reading about tragedy. True. You know, yeah. Titanic is mm -hmm. a... Endlessly People obviously liked it. Fascinating. Yeah. Yes. Not yes, liked yes. it, but mm -hmm. are interested in it. Um, so it kind of makes it seem like that is the climax of the story, which is it is when everything changes mm -hmm. drastically. Yes. And it sets the tone for the book. It's it's very dark, mm -hmm. very tragic, and mm -hmm. uh, pretty shocking in a lot of ways with mm -hmm. the depth in which she describes all of these tragedies. Yes. So... I kind of appreciated that because it's very intense and it kind of got me in that mindset of, oh, right. it's going to be like this. Yes. It's going to be heavy to deal with all yes. the way around. Yeah, I I agree with that. I, th I think when, when I started it off with like the shock value that it provided to setting the stage of like, mm -hmm. we are in some deep doo-doo here. Yes. <laughs> like we, uh, like, I think it, that feeling helps perpetuate the the emotions and the state of mind that some of the characters are feeling and how like mm. they're dealing with their reality so it just Good really point. puts you in that front seat of like this is not happy like this is, it sucks it's grimy it's horrible you just mm. feel icky dreadful this all the heavy feelings and this is what other like people are like handling it just mm -hmm. like that it's similar energy just like the strings through the entire book. Mm -hmm. um, that's how I feel like. Like that was such an essential piece of just like, this is where we're going to go. It's not a. It's not a fun ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I almost felt too like it was from Wash's perspective because we, as the story progresses, we know that he's not in the school building. Mm -hmm. Whereas yeah. the other characters we do. So when he finds the shoe, mm -hmm. then your first thought is, you know, it's Naomi? it's Naomi. It's Naomi, yeah. But then we find out it wasn't. So mm -hmm. it's it's almost throws you off the scent a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. wanna you wanna read it and see 
And it, yeah, Who and it again, yeah. again, it it gives you that unsettled feeling where you've got to know, you've yeah. got to find out right. what happened. Yeah, yes. I think I guess it makes it worse too, just because <laughs> yeah. you're like. Like, well, okay, cool. Well, at least we know who died. No, wait, it's not them. Well, then who was yeah. like, so, so you yes, just have like this like weird like Sherlock Holmes thing where it's like, mm-hmm. psych, it's not the person you thought. <laughs> and, you know, like, mm-hmm. Yes, yes. That's a little bit misleading. <laughs> okay, next question. Naomi, our protagonist, uh, believes that, quote, carrying a name was a way for caring for those who'd given it, close quote. How does Henry disrespect this idea? Well, um, first of all, we we could explain that Naomi is kind of the the protagonist of the story, along with Wash, uh, her her uh, love interest, and Henry is, uh, I guess, best description is stepfather. Um, Henry was married to Naomi's mom, um, and uh, the mom has died. And once the mom had passed away and the younger siblings of Naomi came uh, to live with Henry out on the oil field there in Texas, he immediately uh, put some rules, I guess, into place. And one of those rules was you no longer go by your, uh, your given name. Um, I'm going to rename you. And so he kind of renames the kids and uh, it's kind of a fight uh, between Naomi and uh, her younger siblings uh, to live with this rule. Um, right. And yeah. I guess for a little bit of context, mm-hmm. Naomi and, and her siblings start off with Hispanic names, like traditional Correct. Hispanic names. Mm-hmm. And they were converted to they got like, English, American. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like the last name is Smith, which is a very classic Eng- English uh, mm-hmm. last name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I can kind of dive into the deep end because I felt a lot of different things because it's mm-hmm. um, unfortunately it's still a reality mm-hmm. um, in in many cases it just shapes differently. So like the reason why my name is Z mm-hmm. is because no one ever took the time to learn my actual name, mm-hmm. and so instead of like pronouncing it or even just getting to know what my name was like they were just like well let's just name you this and just call it that so mm-hmm. I, I was already indoctrinated into english mm-hmm. uh, in that sense and like the fact that you know naomi she's the oldest sister she yes. like is like the rebellious one mm-hmm. um she's just like no this is my like the name that my mom gave me and this is right. the only like piece that i have of her and like mm-hmm. of my own cultural roots yes. to to exploit that or not to exploit it, but I just like to, to it, it's held closely because your name is your identity. It's the, some, the second that someone takes that away from you and, and puts you in a different box that you don't belong in, mm-hmm. like you just, you're not okay with it. And it's easier for the younger ones because they, they don't know mm-hmm. much better. But Naomi is like, she has well, a lot of more wisdom. She has more attachments to, mm-hmm. to her mom and like more yes. stronger memories. So mm-hmm. all of that is just like, concocting this combustion chamber of rebellion against, you know, her stepdad. Right. And it's like, well, you're a Smith. I was like, well, no, nah, I'm not Smith. And, mm-hmm. um, and even like in school, cause like there's big pieces, like her name, it doesn't matter whether her name is mm-hmm. Sp- like Spanish sounding or American sounding. Mm-hmm. They still ha- see her as the Mexican girl. The other. Um, yeah. yeah. And like, mm-hmm. there was like, uh, a, a character who like, who's, who, um, her dad was like 
like the super rich guy in the neighborhood or oh, whatever. Yes. And she was like, dress is ugly. Mm-hmm. She said like, like Mexican is Mexican that is Mexican or yes. something along those lines. Right. And that was like, even like you can change your name, you can speak English because that mm-hmm. was another rule is that like exactly. you only speak English in this house, you know, like, no, you are not allowed to speak Spanish that you're ripping away this identity um, of them. And you're just subjecting them to this, to be a, an American, but mm-hmm. even if you have your name, even if you speak the language, they'll still say you as as not one of them. You're not belonging. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I think, yeah, just push back from like all angles. It's like, like no, screw this. <laughs> it kind of felt too like, um, like it was part of Henry's kind of view of them that they're his mm. possessions. Right, they're Very not humans. So he's like, eh, I don't care where you're from. You're mine now. So these are your new names. So, yeah, this is your name and this is the language you will speak and this is where you will go and this is what you will right. not do. <laughs> this is what I want. So it's what you are now. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and again, fitting them into the, the box that he wanted them to be yeah. in. Mm-hmm. And that was, yeah, to say the least stressful for Naomi and got to be, I think, for Beto and, and Carrie uh, as well. So the next question has to do with uh, the younger two. Why do you think Beto, this is uh, Naomi's uh, young uh, young brother, decides to get baptized by Pastor Tom while Kari decides not to? How do these decisions reflect the differences in their personalities? First off, I, I think, I hate to, yeah, this is like putting kids in a box too, but Beto seems to be uh, one who is eager to please. Mm-hmm. He's tempted to do all the things to make Henry happy right. and and kind of smooth over the whole situation. And so part of his motivation, you know, probably wasn't belief at all, but was, I want to please my, my new stepdad mm-hmm. and therefore I am going to go through with this. Kari, on the other hand, is a little bit more like Naomi, her big sister, <laughs> in that she's looking at the whole situation and deciding for herself, even though she's, you know, very close to Beto, uh, and, and, you know, they're, they're, um, they're so close because, well, in part because they're twins, yet she's very much her own person and she's going to do what she is going to do. And that, that kind of plays out through the rest of her, uh, of her story in the book. But yeah, I have a feeling she decided not to just maybe to be a little bit prickly, because yeah. that's who she is. I would definitely agree with that. Like, Beto definitely seems like just the people pleaser a little mm. bit of a pushover, if I can if I can say that. Yeah. Um, and uh, Kari is, like, takes a lot after her, her sister, for sure, in terms of, like, well, if you're rebellious, then me too. Why not? Mm. And I think that, I wonder if there's, like, a, I don't know if this was done intentional or non-intentional, but, like, a psychological aspect that, like naturally you're kind of more attached and take after the person that you're, you can relate to the most. So Beto yeah. is, is biologically male. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he goes, he looks up to his stepdad because that's all he's got really necessarily exactly. as in terms of a role model or a figure to look up to. Mm-hmm. So in order to make him happy to, and it's like, well, I, I want to be like him. So I got to do what he says and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gadi has Naomi, who is basically the closest thing to a mom because right. like throughout the book, she's the one feeding them, taking care of them, teaching mm-hmm. them like how to, how, how to grow up in this new reality. Mm-hmm. And so that attachment of 
you know, monkey see, monkey do. Like, yeah. okay, well, my sister's rebellious and I'm a rebel. Mm-hmm. Maybe she doesn't necessarily know as to why. She just knows that, like, this is what what my big sister would do type of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also really liked that Beto did that because it it made the ending so much more powerful. Mm-hmm. Because this whole time he's going along with what everyone, especially Henry, is telling him to do. So mm-hmm. then that final act of rebellion was that much more powerful. Definitely. Yeah, I was a little shook too. I was like, oh, you did it. I was, right. I was like, you're finally an independent human. Like, yeah. like, yes. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, that is quite a revelation at the end. Um, most of the members of Pastor Tom's church are all too eager to find a scapegoat for their problems, though he preaches that the troubles come as a result of their sins. How do they believe what Pastor Tom preaches, but are quick to blame anyone but themselves? And uh, maybe we should give a little context here. This is uh, this is in the 1930s. This is Texas. Uh, you know, there's a depression going on. People are struggling to make ends meet. But they're also uh, this particular setting. I guess you say is kind of unique in that it's a it's kind of a boomtown. Mm-hmm. In that uh, they're uh, working on the oil fields. The oil fields are very productive. People are coming into money. Uh, rather rapidly and having to, you know, navigate all that comes with that. And it's also bringing out very much the disparities between the white community and uh, the Hispanic community and the black community all in this area. And it's 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 almost like it, it just exacerbates the whole situation. But so, yeah, there are problems and uh, people are looking for someone to blame. But how do people believe what they're hearing from their their uh, pastor in church, and yet they can still be quick to blame anyone but themselves? Well, that just screams to me human nature. <laughs> yeah, it's, right. it's what's easy. <laughs> it's what's easy. Of course, it's a lot tougher to look inside yourself and say, you know, what what part am I uh, playing in the problem? Here? Yeah. Uh, what what about my my worldview is askew with reality. Um, what can I do that would be helpful yeah. <laughs> rather than what's going to tear the community apart? And yeah, to me, that 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 just says, uh, yeah, we're all about that. We're we're all uh, confused, broken people, uh, apt to blame anybody else but ourselves. Yeah, I wonder if it's if it's like a fear of admitting that you are maybe not as goody two shoes or mm. righteous as you claim to be because mm-hmm. uh, like putting myself in, in that position of like well if I am like a follower uh, of God and mm-hmm. and I cannot do no wrong well then someone has to do no wrong but I can't do no wrong because I follow you know what the preacher says and whatnot mm-hmm. so then it has to be the other communities because they're dirty they they you know like they're they're these like rabid beasts basically encroaching mm-hmm. on on my community mm-hmm. and there's like a need of like well this i want this to be mine and so the fact that you're coming in encroaching mm-hmm. on what i believe is mine and what i'm entitled to mm-hmm. like then you have to be the problem yes yeah. um necessarily and so it's like that weird deflection i think mm-hmm. uh, at least that's how i kind of took it um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, it, it is also human nature. To, you know, this is a very micro scale of of you know larger, larger political issues. positions and, uh, Gosh, and yes. stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. 
that that's what I think, right? mm-hmm. or at least a, a part, a component could be. Yeah. yeah. And when it comes to believing what he preaches, but then blaming others, I think that like there's so many situations where people hear something powerful that applies to them, mm-hmm. like, and then they go, "Oh yeah, I know so many people who needed to hear that." <laughs> it was, it was yes. meant for them. Yeah, but it's it is easy to blame other people and not face your own problems. Mm-hmm. And if they're True. facing all, or if they are encountering all of this racism and putting that out there, then. You know, if they're racist, they think that the other people are the problem, not their opinions. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. who other people are. Mm-hmm. Next question has to do with Naomi's mother. Why does Estella choose to cut her braid off and give it to Naomi just before her death? Similarly, what about Naomi's choice to give the braid to Betel and his decision to put it in Kari's coffin? What might the braid symbolize in these situations? I think for me, it's connection. Because mm-hmm. at least, you know, from my cultural background um, as a Native American, mm-hmm. having long hair and having braids is, is a form of connection, not only mm-hmm. of you to your um, to your ancestry, but to those close around you. Mm-hmm. So it, for me, it, it became almost of a symbol of connection uh, to those who have passed, and so it's just yeah. like this, this um, token or totem of of uh, of a connection of someone that just is not around anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And in this, maybe it could be like a form of of honoring them, remembering them, like not letting yeah. go of them necessarily, or it could be a coping mechanism because, mm-hmm. like, when. When tragedies like this happen, it's like you're pretty much capable of doing anything and looking for different coping mechanisms. So sure. for me, it seemed like a, a coping mechanism or a symbol of, of connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, Estella knew she was dying mm-hmm. and, yeah. And, and, yeah. and very much wanted her children to remember her. I mean, just pure and simple, remember right. me. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, too, keeping the connection with a person who's already passed on and uh, that that physical presence of her braid, I think, would be a very powerful reminder of her presence, uh, even though she's gone. Yeah, and I think that it it represented different things to each person. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for Estella, it was carrying on their culture, and mm-hmm. Naomi, it was hope. Mm-hmm. That was the yeah. last happy mm-hmm. thing that she had was Estella. And mm-hmm. then, you know, Beto is maybe finally having some sort of connection to his mom. Mm-hmm. And then Patty's it's kind of like burying the hope. Mm-hmm. It was a, yeah. it represented so much. And then when they give it to her, it's. <laughs> oh, that was a good point. I think it did mean something different to every one of them. And in every case, a very powerful reminder of who they are. Yeah. And, and, and connection. And mm-hmm. connection. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I wonder if maybe I'm not too sure because I, I totally would agree with you. I may, maybe I guess a different perspective or a different opinion, just to be devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. Like maybe burying the braid is, is a form of like completing the circle almost. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. Like, that's what I was trying to say, but I couldn't get to it. <laughs> that's a <laughs> good, good way to put yeah, it. Yeah, just like okay, like you're you're now with mom. 
like like you, you this is like this is the cycle is complete like this this mm-hmm. is where where we end mm-hmm. because you know i had to let you go as well as mm-hmm. with mom i think or mm-hmm. yeah. and naomi mm-hmm. was always refusing to tell stories about mm-hmm. their mom so it's right. like she finally is giving part <sighs> of her right right. Mm-hmm. right right yeah next question has to do with the extended family of Naomi, Beto, and Kari. What are the reasons Abuelita gives for why Naomi should marry Henry? And I have to say, that was probably the, the biggest shock in the book <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for me, other than, you know, just the, the, the death and destruction of the, um, you know, the school explosion. This, this is the one that knocked me off my feet. And so I'm really interested to hear what you all have to say. What reasons did Abuelita, that's grandmother, uh, give for why Naomi should marry Henry? How does her reasoning compare to Muff and Tommy's reasoning? Those would be uh, neighbors and friends. What do these perspectives on Naomi's situation say about the time period and cultural context of the novel? Um, Yeah, well, first of all, um, yeah. A little bit of sense of of the time period helps here in yes. understanding what's going on, but I I still cannot fathom <laughs> precisely in my own mind <laughs> why my grandmother would tell me to marry my stepdad, uh, and um, yeah, there there were comments coming from other people in the community, and it, it may have been Muff and Tommy, uh, the neighbors saying, well, you know. Henry's a pretty good-looking guy. Yeah. Well, you're young. <laughs> you'd be lucky. Yeah, you'd be lucky. And, right. and you know, he's he's obviously you know uh, able to provide for you. That gives you and your your uh, younger brother and sister uh, a stable house uh, to, right. to live in, grow up in. And who knows? More kids might come along. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I felt yai. really, really gross. Yes. I felt so horrible. I felt like I needed a bath for sure after this. <laughs> yes. That was the, the yeah. whole book. <laughs> it was, it was, Read a couple yeah. chapters. No, for sure. I Take think, a break. Yep. If I remember correctly, I think it was at this point where I dropped the book and just walked. I was like, uh-huh. I was like, no. Uh-huh. I was like, y'all are just insane. At least like in my perspective, you know, like this is not, <laughs> this is not cool. But yeah. Well, like that's her I, I mean, last hope. Right, She's, that is. everything's hanging on that, everything. and then it's like, well, and, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The whole book. Every time I thought, oh, it can't get worse than this. It, it does. Is. It does. Oh my gosh, over and yeah. over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think why the grandma, I, I think, is out of traditionalism and a mm-hmm. a in no choice but survival. Yeah, um, perspective yes. of like, well, you. Because I, I think, especially because in, in Mexican culture, this, this is very predominant, is that it's mm-hmm. usually favorable that you marry up. Yes. Like, you marry up to somebody who is stable and, you know, like, like the morality of, like, does he love you? Does he treat you well? That's kind of out of the door, mm-hmm. especially if you're in poverty where, like, well, like, no, if he's got money, then you love him and you do whatever it was, mm-hmm. even if he's your stepdad. And, you know, and then I, I think the kid part was, like, to make sure that, like, you guys are more glued together other mm-hmm. than like have children because you guys love each other. It's more like, oh, well, you guys have kids. So then he's obligated to take to care, care of all of you. Yeah, Seal exactly. the deal. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes. Um, that, that that would be my perspective as to why I think like the grandma was like, Mija, you gotta, you know, you you, you gotta sell yourself out here. And just, because also I, I hate the fact that they like pulled in like the siblings too, but like, like you're right. Because mm-hmm. like, because mm-hmm. yeah, Naomi is like the mother figure. She's like taking right. care 
exactly. a litter, litter here. So she has to do the right option. And unfortunately, in order to survive against her happiness, like, mm. like, like mm. she might have to sacrifice and do some um, very uncomfortable stuff. Yes. Yeah. And yes. they weren't portraying it in a, a favorable light. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Um, yeah. no. Muff and Tommy, or Tommy were both like, oh, it sounds great. You should be so happy. Mm-hmm. But Abuelita was just like, well, Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> this exactly. this is right really choice. your only option. This yeah. Is, mm-hmm. yeah. You don't have right. any options. More yeah. duty than anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and Naomi had not shared anything whatsoever about the physical abuse that had been going on yeah. with Henry. And so nobody understands the situation from all perspectives like Naomi does. And mm-hmm. uh, she really is put in the impossible situation. Uh, right. You know, contemplating marrying someone who who is physically assaulted you. Yeah, I I feel really bad for Naomi as well, just because Mm -hmm. like it's almost like the the whole world is gaslighting her in in a sense of like, yeah, well he's got money. I was like, but like he he's horrible. He's just a horrible human being. He treats you like a slave. So like even marry him, it's just more of that and more Mm -hmm. like just on top of that. So just like. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it, it was just like I just felt so bad for her again. I understood like her. She, it felt like she was backed up in a corner. Just was like, well, right. either like you screw over your family, mm-hmm. and you guys like are hungry and struggling the whole time, and your you know your siblings are just gonna have this horrible, miserable, miserable life for the rest of eternity, mm-hmm. or you and marry, it's your fault. yeah, <laughs> right, and it's your fault. It's all on you. And then, uh, or or you you marry this not so great um guy person being thing yes yes and then you are unhappy for endless days yeah yes ah well moving on to the actual uh i guess center of of the book the explosion why Mm -hmm. do naomi wash beto and henry all feel as if they are to blame for Cotty's death how do they respond to this feeling differently I loved this aspect of the book. Ah, um, mm-hmm. I did have to take a lot of breaks that it felt sick to my stomach for a mm-hmm. lot of it, but it was because mm-hmm. she's such a phenomenal author. Yes. Um, but I think that we all, in situations like this, we all look at what we could have done differently mm-hmm. and how... To change the situation. Yeah. And yeah. there's nothing they can do after it, but, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Naomi telling them to go back to class. Mm-hmm. All of them had <laughs> some sort of aspect of it. Yeah. I like it when Beto told her to sit in a different chair. Or oh, yes. There's so many different things yeah. that they're like, oh, if I had done this one thing mm-hmm. differently. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. telling her to sit in that chair didn't cause an explosion. And yeah. They were all just doing their best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's what I love about the author for sure. Um, just how real the, the human behavior is. Because... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if I were in any of their positions, I would have been clinging back in time, just like, why did I do this? I could oh, have done like this, like the, oh, the, yeah. the wretched guilt of mm-hmm. that. If you did this one particular piece, you could have just mm-hmm. like this, you wouldn't be here and stuff. And I, and I think that's that's real in in a lot of human life. Just you see it in hospitals for sure, where like yes. where mm-hmm. like eons years these people who lost somebody mm-hmm. blame themselves mm-hmm. and not ref- 
they don't necessarily refuse the reality of things that they couldn't have done anything to change change it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just it, it's easier to blame yourself than to face a reality that there's nothing that you could have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this. with that many casualties yeah, too, sure. there's crazy survival it's just skills. Yeah, right. So it's yeah. like, how come they deserve to get it, like to die when mm-hmm. I and deserve how did to survive? I survive? Yeah. No one deserved any of it, but mm-hmm. we try so desperately to make things make sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Human nature doesn't really accept chaos or mm-hmm. anything that's not in order. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, and they really do respond very differently, every one of them, to the situation. And Beto just shuts down for days and days and days and cannot move, cannot speak, cannot leave Kari's body unattended and and mm-hmm. it takes another geez uh, another catastrophe to bring him out of that grief and um henry just seems to completely snap and and go off the deep end with all the anger and and resentment that's been building in him and uh yeah every one of them reacts so differently mm. yeah you're right we can't make sense of chaos and mm. It certainly shows hard. in in all the varieties of responses. I mean, yeah, the, this writer is is phenomenal in portraying all the different kinds of reactions a person could have to this yeah. kind of catastrophe. And now, dude, Pastor Tom, we're we're going to switch gears a little bit here because there's uh, not only have we got uh, an incredible tragedy in the explosion that uh, occurs in the school, but what uh, repercussions this whole catastrophe has on the community is rather uh, stark, and and it just seems to bring out every. Th- evil response yes. you could have to a situation. And the idea of blame seems to play in here too. Yeah. But Pastor Tom's actions in response to the lynch mob, did that change how you view his character and why or why not? First of all, Pastor Tom, you know, he seems to be, again, one of these characters caught in a tragedy that is so large that it defies his coping. His message becomes almost trite uh, to the people he's trying to comfort and the people he's trying to uh, succor and advise. And and yet, when, when a lynch mob goes after Wash's family, he seems to somehow step up to the plate. And it, again, is another remarkable turn in the story that um, I thought the author was, was just, you know, brilliant here in despite the fact that we're all... Uh, grieving and angry and uh, literally losing our minds over this tragedy, he steps up at this one moment and seems to avert what would have been just certain death for, mm-hmm. for Wash and his family. Right. And so, yeah, I don't know if it changed his character a lot, but it certainly showed a great deal of guts of, on of, his part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of the one voice of reason in this whole horrible uh, evening that follows. Um, there were very intense emotions that he stepped in the middle of. Oh my gosh, It was a yes. bold move. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. It yes, did it make was. me like him a little bit more mm-hmm. just because he, I think he maybe felt like kind of a coward toward mm. the beginning. Like he knew that ah. something was going on with Henry. Mm-hmm. He asked Naomi about it a couple times. Mm-hmm. But instead of pushing it 
then he would just like, oh, well, you should marry him then because right. <laughs> you said that thing's going to happen. Good advice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. And so to me, it felt gross that he knew something was happening, but wasn't really pushing hard enough mm-hmm. to figure out what it was or put mm-hmm. a stop to it. Mm-hmm. So this was finally him trying to stop something that yeah. was bad. He's still not my favorite character. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's but that valid. got him a couple points. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I fall follow suit. Like, I don't think this one action redeems him entirely yeah, or right. absolves him of, of his own sins. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it definitely, it shocked me a little bit, admittedly. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's like props to the author mm-hmm. as well, just like for all this like shock value because it feels like a novella, just like, I'm just like, oh! <gasps> Oh, oh, I was like, oh, one like, bad like, thing like, yeah. after another. Yeah. Like, 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 no, I am Juan Miguel. No, I am Juan Miguel. I was like, who is like, what's going on here? That's what it felt like for me uh, a bit through that story. But yeah, I think, yeah, it, I, for me, it did not really absolve him. I do have yes. a little bit more respect for his character. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that he did what he did. It was like oh, snapping yes. up because, well, at first I thought they were going to lynch him too. Just like, like, get him. Could have gone that way. Right, Could have gone that way. Especially with mobs, you know, like everyone's emotional and just like sees red everywhere. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I was like, oh, my God. So when I was reading, I was like, where is this going? Like, are we, this like, is he going? Yeah, yes. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I give props to him. Um, but still not my favorite character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like a. Oh. I was like, oh, OK, cool. So you're not that horrible. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. so I was like, OK, you all right. Like, maybe I'll have one beer with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, who is revealed to be the narrator of the story at the end of the novel? What is the narrator's motivation for telling Wash and Naomi's story? So if you haven't read the books, folks, <laughs> this is a real <laughs> spoiler. This is Girl. it. Yeah. Yeah. The narrator is the young man, Beto. And uh-huh. um, I thought that was a, a fascinating plot twist. Yeah. yeah I did not see that coming. <laughs> So what what motivated Beto to tell this story, this uh, tragedy of Wash and Naomi? I think it was Wash getting blamed for all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that last chapter was... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have physical reactions to books until this one. Yeah. I, I thought I was going to vomit, honestly, mm-hmm. at one point. Mm-hmm. I was like, could I have a panic attack? So yeah, it was just so disgusting mm-hmm. because she was so good. Yes. It's, to make yeah. me hate people that much is... It's visceral, that yeah, ending. It absolutely. really is. Yes. So just to to be like, Henry's the bad one, not mm. Wash. Like, he was helpful and mm-hmm. loving and kind. Right. So right. just to kind of absolve him of that. Yes. Right. Yeah. He set the... It literally set the story straight at the end, did Beta. Yeah, absolutely. And that was enraging to hear that Wash was blamed for the whole thing. Mm. Right. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, admittedly, I felt a little <laughs> guilty as well because yeah. I, like, because yeah, I was, I was like, like, wash is just horrible. Like, I was just ready to, like, you know, mm-hmm. be part of this mod myself, you know, mm-hmm. so like, I was ready to, like, chip in. But then, <laughs> yeah, like I said, like, she's this author is just full of surprises. Yes. So, and I was just like, ah. And, and the felt, great characters, too, yes. with Wash. No one's yeah, 100% great. Yes. Yeah. So I felt, yeah, I felt the same way. I was like, I felt kind of guilty. 
I felt mad. I was just like, I don't know. I was like, I like my my whole mind and in perspective of everybody mm-hmm. just yeah. got blown. I was, and it made me question: Do I really feel it mm-hmm. this way about all the characters? And so I had to like really mm-hmm. sit my, with myself. I was just like, Yeah, yeah. So like, Wash is okay, and, and so it was just like this really. <laughs> almost bleak you know hello darkness my old friend type of thing you're just, yeah. like, you're just like you're just like walking by yourself in the rain just looking out the windows like what is life why mm-hmm. it's like whoa uh yeah and the fact that like you know beto is the one telling the story did yes. not see that coming at all yeah admittedly it didn't sound like there was a it was like a guide telling the story Interesting. It, like at least, like I didn't feel that like, either. Because I was like, it, it, really this felt very like it had a. a, a uh, I, I guess not to not to be stereotypical, but it, it had a bit more of a of a motherly caregivery something mm-hmm. that you don't tend to normally see mm-hmm. when like guys tell stories, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like the, the, you know, so I was like, wow, like there's like a, it shows a little bit of growth. Mm-hmm. In, in Beto and like yeah. like and it really like thinking on it now it really shows like h- how Beto kind of almost steps up to the plate of his bigger sister yeah it's like he he adopts a lot of her characteristics whether he mm-hmm. knows it or not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I thought that was kind of beautiful as well was like oh my god little Beto's grown up now yeah. like, <laughs> like oh it's so sweet um, and it got me thinking like Oh my gosh! I hope this helps him. <laughs> like, yeah. hope, like, was yeah. this cathartic? Yeah, yeah. 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 This Did poor this kid. help him heal? Because yes. he had been through so much. I hope so. So much trauma. Yeah. So to wrap up our discussion of Out of Darkness, what do you think? Could this be a film? Could this be a movie? I think it could even be a, like a small TV show. Oh really? Because okay. there's a lot to unpack that I don't think a movie could do it justice necessarily. Yeah. Um, and, and nowadays, like TV shows are really stepping up their game in terms of story mm. and content. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, there was a lot of palpable images mm. that, like, were just like I could see. I, I was there. I was seeing all of this play out, mm-hmm. in, like, like a movie for me. Yes. Uh, and I think that's how I process books in general. But this one felt vivid and like emotional and i was like wow like this is definitely like, yeah like this is so good like for me i was like i need popcorn here and like my 3d glasses was like, like oh right, cool let's keep the show going you know it's very heavy for sure and yes. i think as a tv you know as if it was like made live action they would probably have to cut down a little bit but i think mm-hmm. i think it could be a very strong tv show um yeah of showing a lot of different aspects especially in this time period Exactly. Um, and yeah. it can also help address a lot of the things that uh, a lot of the issues in, in, that's addressed in this book in real life that still happen today is just still kind of is. changed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it could totally, like, totally pass off for it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I, that's what I'm, my piece there. Mm-hmm. Becca, what do you think? A movie? I a think TV it could series. be a movie. <laughs> I think, well, I think a TV series would be great, but mm-hmm. I think that they would have to trim off a lot because. Mm-hmm. It was so dark. Like the final chapter with Wash and Beto and Naomi and Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they could really get away with putting that in a movie and having people not 
mm. turn against it. Yeah. Mm. You know, I yeah. think they would have to just tame it down a little bit mm. or not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that if they made it into a movie, it would be a huge award winner. I, I agree. Right. I agree. Yeah. But, there's so much uh, rich storytelling, rich detail, like you said, very emotional yeah. story. And again, tapping into issues in society that are still very fresh and raw and sometimes giving the whole situation a different setting, a different time period gives you enough distance to consider it yourself and, and you, know, uh, you know, examine your own prejudices, your, your thoughts about racism, about uh, even, we haven't even touched on this, the environmental destruction that's going on in the oh, story yeah. is another think about underlying that theme that, that could be exploited in a film. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, yeah, there's just depths to, to plumb here. And yeah, yeah I agree. I, I, I think I side with you, Z. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd kind of want the TV series to, to just have that time yeah. to sure. delve into uh, the different uh, characters and, and uh, I think that might be better as a viewer too. Yeah, like we were saying, we had to take breaks every once in a while. Mm -hmm. um, I guess that's why I think they would have to change it for a movie mm -hmm. is because mm -hmm. I was trying to think of a list of trigger warnings because this doesn't have any <gasps> yeah. trigger warnings. Not a that was upsetting to me. Yeah, but I was making a mental list, and it's pretty much everything that could be a trigger warning. Is there? Is in there? Yeah. For so sure. I think all of that crammed into one movie would be too much. It could be. But if intense, it yeah. was split up into different episodes, then it it would be easier to handle. A little, yeah, a little more digestible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in, all in one sitting. Whew, yeah. No, uh, I think you much, would need yeah. a lot of therapy afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like. Just, Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's. I think it, it would be pretty cool to see because I, I can there's there's can be a lot of storytelling that you can do mm -hmm. visually mm -hmm. that the book uh can only do so much of right but yeah I, is this a testimony to to the author that it is such a good emotional like emotionally pensive and mm -hmm. a thought-provoking yeah. book mm -hmm. um and even though that this takes place place in a time that we're not in anymore mm -hmm. i would argue that a lot of this these issues still exist but they just don't look the same yeah, yeah. They, they're just dressed up in different costumes and new makeup mm -hmm. i think mm -hmm. yeah agreed and another point for it getting made into a movie or a tv show or anything mm -hmm. is that a lot of the time when that happens a big part of why it's not as good is because mm. we're missing out on the inner monologue right. and the feelings of the characters. Uh -huh. But in this, so much of the reaction as a reader is just outrage at the injustice <laughs> of it. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. like you don't even need to hear their thoughts. Right. You're just so mad because yes. <laughs> they <laughs> describe what's happening and you're like, what? Mm -hmm. It's not their fault. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I recall when I when I finished up the book the first time, I was exhausted. Yes, because <laughs> like, oh, I felt my yeah. body so like tensed up, like I didn't realize it. Mm -hmm. I was like, and then like I was like, all right, cool. I'm like, okay, I'm done with the book. Okay, it's over, chief. Like we're good, we're good. So and then I, I gave was, like, myself a headache. Yeah, <laughs> I was so tense. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's this so is much. Intense. Yeah, very rarely do I get reactions to a book like this, but I was just like, I am just 
Mm-hmm. I'm done. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is a lot, and mm-hmm. it just felt like a a huge roller coaster. We're like, just yeah. like, okay, cool. I'm like, no, no mas. I just gotta watch like My Little Pony or something. Something like that's why you read a rom com about it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh yeah, um, I definitely had some. Um, Emotional responses to this book, as we've been saying, and I want to give it a uh, 4.5 out of 5, uh, maybe subtracting that half a star for, you know, how many times I had to get up and walk away, like we've mm-hmm. talked about. Mm-hmm. It is a thoroughly, in, not enjoyable book. It's it's uh, it's going to grab you by the throat and not let go. Mm-hmm. And for for that, I, I did need to take a couple breaks, um, turn off the the uh, light, and and go to bed. And uh, but yeah, this is uh, an intense read, a heavy read, but a good good read. The author is just outstanding here. Her work just shines. Uh, Becca, your 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 rating. I almost always do ratings on Goodreads, but for this one, I skipped it. Oh, <laughs> it's it so hard for me. <laughs> The writing was up. phenomenal. Yes. I would absolutely give the writing five stars. Mm-hmm. Just the same, mm-hmm. as you said, with the content. Yeah. I I almost felt like it was too much because mm-hmm. Naomi, it's like, like we get it. <laughs> She's yes, not catching not any this. breaks. You don't have to keep playing it on. She's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. she's defeated. You, yeah. You, you just want to give her. her a hug. Yeah, yes. like you wrecked her. Why do you have to keep doing more and more? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I thought that was intense. I almost felt like that was gratuitous what they put mm-hmm. her through. Mm-hmm. So for that, I wouldn't give five stars. Yeah, I don't. I've been thinking about it for like a week <laughs> since I finished the book, and uh-huh. I just, I still can't. Yeah, I can't yeah. decide. Yeah, phenomenal writing, sensitive subject matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot. Yeah, agreed. See, what do you think? <laughs> I think I'm debating between like four stars or 4.5 stars out of five. Because mm-hmm. the writing is great. The book, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a great book because, mm-hmm. by gosh, it was it was a heavy hitter for sure. It was mm-hmm. just like... Cause I, I kind of felt like Naomi. I was like, bro, like I'm already, I'm, I'm, I'm washed out of emotions. <laughs> like, just like, give me something <laughs> for real. Exactly. I'm like, I needed oh, ice yeah. cream to like recover from this. I was like, oh my gosh, like the stop. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I almost felt like uh, that Britney Spears fan. Just like leave her alone. Just like, like, just like, just like leave her alone. Just leave stop. Naomi alone. Yeah, for real. Um, yes. So, but it, yeah, I would probably give it like at least a four point five for sure because it's a, it's a great book to see. A world outside of your own yes. and what people gen- genuinely go through because mm-hmm. like it, it's easy to 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 think that oh well this is just a book people don't go through this stuff they do they do and it's a great conversation starter it's a good oh, it's a yeah. good book to to just like just dissect it and sit on it and have a conversation with them mm-hmm. like you know, like I would love to go in a podcast like this, but like I, I don't think we would. We'd be here forever for sure. <laughs> but like, there's just so much um, mm-hmm. to dissect in terms of like the gender relations, racial relations, parental, sibling, this mm-hmm. like community. Yeah. Like all of these conversations are, are so. Uh, just pop up a lot of great questions and thoughts yeah. and a lot of emotion too. Yes, which I think is is both good and also bad because emotions. You know, they, they hinder you in trying to form an objective opinion mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and trying to sky for that objective truth. But 
but you need emotions and that's the good thing about art and books in general is that like they bring these things out of you yes and i think instead of well like well this book sucks and blah, 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 blah. like they use this one word and blah, blah, blah. just like it reacting negatively of it mm-hmm. i think it's more productive t- for you to reflect back on it why do i feel this way how like yeah. where where is this coming from yeah and and have a genuine conversation with either yourself or a group of people that you feel comfortable having these discussions with for sure mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i think that is Emotions are why I can't mm-hmm. rate this book. <laughs> it made me feel so strongly in so many different ways. And it's, she makes you feel so many negative feelings. Mm-hmm. You feel mm-hmm. hopeless. You feel sad. You feel anger. Mm-hmm. But she did a great job of it. Yes. So <laughs> it's like, I, I, I felt so that, yeah. much, but mm-hmm. they weren't good feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is talent. And right. This book's absolutely going to stick with me. I think about it a lot. <laughs> a long time. Yes. Same. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Would I read it again? Uh, well, I read it twice, so. Like, <sighs> really? Like, I had to go so, back yeah. and read some. Yeah, yeah I, had I did. to go back to read it. But mm-hmm. like like later down in the future, I was like, oh, just read this book. You'll love it. Like, <laughs> I, I probably, no, probably not. I think I'd yeah. have to be in a very particular mood or setting. Mm-hmm. I think I would go back to this book if I want to bring up particular points. Yes. But yeah, I, I think I'm good with reading it. Like, I, I'm cool. I'm, I'm, it's over. <laughs> that type of thing, you know. <laughs> Vietnam is gone now. Yeah. Yeah. It's over. Uh, but it's definitely a book to just like, um, I, I think... If you're anywhere near any of the topics that this covers, mm-hmm. definitely recommend it as a source yes. of like uh, trying to reach new perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Becca and C, for a lively and thoughtful discussion of Ashley Hope Perez's novel, Out of Darkness. Next month, we're welcoming local author and paranormal investigator Richard Estep here to the studio to share his love of all things ghostly and to discuss books he's written based on his experiences in paranormal investigation. So grab a title by Richard Estep. We have more than a dozen in print format in our collection. Read up and then join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. See our program notes for info on how to share your comments and questions with Richard and us next month. And thanks for listening to Book Chatter, the book club for busy people. 